Inspiration now in session. Inspire God's people, the podcast. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? Why do I have a podcast? We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. God's people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jay Will. This is episode two of Inspire God's People, the podcast. That's right. I still have a podcast. Why? Because you shared it, because you listened, because you liked it, because you commented, and you showed all types of love. And you know what? I appreciate each and every one of you guys for showing love, for checking out episode one, for even checking out episode 1.5. I kind of threw that in there without telling anyone. And look, if your math is not that good, don't worry about it. I'm not going to go too far. You don't have to worry about no 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7, episode three-fourths. We're not doing none of that. I know people got nervous when they saw the 0. 0.5. They're like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What episode are we? <laughs> Hold on. What episode are we on, Jay? Like, wh- what is this? Some of y'all didn't even listen to it because you're like, oh, no, uh-uh. I ain't doing no. What, what is that? What's the, what's the 0. 0.5 for? Listen, don't worry about it. We're going to hit you guys with a full episode every other week on Wednesdays. And on the off weeks, you get a 0.5 episode. But right now, it's all about episode two. So let's get into that. Today, I want to talk to you about your personal brand and your influence. That's right. You have a brand. Whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, you walking around here with a brand, son. So let me simplify it. I like to define brand as whatever you do consistently. So you got a cousin named Jimmy. Jimmy is always late. Jimmy ain't never been on time. He late to the birthday party. Jimmy late to church. He late to dinner. Jimmy just always late. Guess what? We're starting to develop Jimmy's brand. Jimmy is always late. It's what he does consistently. It doesn't matter if Jimmy was on time one time. Well, good for you, Jimmy. Guess what? Your brand is still that you're late because you're not on time consistently. You're late consistently. That's your entire reputation. Ah, there's a word. Reputation. Your reputation is an extension of your brand. Everyone knows this about you. If someone says, hey, do you want Jimmy to come pick you up at work? Now, you know, Jimmy, you like, oh, man, I get off at five. Tell Jimmy I get off at four. Why? Because, you know, Jimmy going to be late. If you tell Jimmy five o'clock, you're going to be out there. You'd be better off just going ahead and hitting the Uber for that one. I'm going to just be real with you. Go ahead and hit the Uber if, if Jimmy picking you up for work. Why? Because Jimmy has a reputation. Now, here's the interesting thing about your brand and your reputation. We as human beings have this desire, this internal desire to be consistent. Okay, I'll prove it to you. We all know someone with a nickname that's based on their whole personality. That person that's, that grew up in your neighborhood beating everyone up, 
They call him Big Boy Bobby, who was just beating everybody up. I bet it was sometimes Big Boy Bobby didn't want to fight. But Big Boy Bobby had a brand, and his brand was he would beat the brakes off you. There is no stopping. Big Boy Bobby, it was some days he went to school, and he was probably tired. He like, I didn't get to sleep last night that much. But you know what? I'm Big Boy Bobby, and I see some breaks, and I need to beat them off. So you know what he did? He beat people up in school. This is his brand. What I'm telling you is that a lot of us are walking around here with a brand, and we don't even know it. The reason you need to know your brand is because we need to put some purpose behind some of the things that make you who you are. And we also need to maybe change some things in our brands. You get what I mean? There are some things about me that I don't want to be a part of my reputation or my brand. So I had to start changing those things as my brand started being on purpose, with purpose, with the goal of lining up with who God wants me to be. Not just who I want to be, not my selfish ambition, right? It's about walking in your purpose and living a successful Christian lifestyle. You have a brand. What is it? What do people think when they say your name? Here's what I want you to do. You got to be real with yourself when you're doing this too. I want you to make two lists. The first list is going to be what your brand is today. You're going to answer those questions. What's my reputation? When my name comes up, what do people think of? What is the first thing they say? Is it, oh, Jay going to bust somebody upside their head? Or is it, oh, Jermaine is going to inspire God's people. That's what he's all about. You have to do that for yourself. What is your current brand? The second list, really important, y'all. What do you want people to think when they say your name? So you have this list that is who you are today. It's you being real with yourself. So you have to include those negative things or weaknesses or oh opportunities is the, the correct word. That's what we use in corporate America. Opportunities, right? Those are weaknesses. The reason it's super important to have this list of what you want your brand to be is because you need to start defining your brand so that you can remain on brand on purpose. Again, we all have the desire to be consistent. So if you allow yourself to be branded as negative or, you know, a person with an attitude problem or a big mouth, you're going to unconsciously start desiring to be consistent to what your brand is. And you will find yourself getting smart with people all the time and being mean. And you don't really know, am I being mean because that's who I really am? Or am I being mean because I want to internally remain true to my reputation? So this is us taking control of our brand. We're guiding the ship and we're saying, nope, I'm no longer accepting the things that the world says about me. I'm no longer accepting my fleshly brand. I'm going to build and feed my spirit brand. So I'm going to write down, I'm going to envision who do I want to be? Listen, I keep telling y'all, I'm going to say it again and again. You cannot fall to the top of the mountain. If you want great things, if you want purpose, living for God and pleasing God, you are going to have to do it on purpose. I know it's not fair. I know it's not fair. Now, I know it's not fair. once you have your brand and you start understanding what your brand is and you're consistent in that, what's going to happen is this. 
consistency births influence, okay? When you're consistent, it creates influence. Now, there's two type of influences I want to talk about really quick. The first one is social influence. It's the way that your surroundings influence who you are, okay? So this is simple. Big boy Bobby, who is basically the bully, his social influence might have been growing up in a rough neighborhood. That might have created some things in him to make him be a bully. Now, I'm not blaming his surroundings for who he is, but our surroundings do matter. I'll give you an example. We all know that if you walk in somewhere and a person just break out of nowhere and run in a certain direction, listen, I'm running with them. Okay, I'm going to just tell you like that. We can find out what we're running for at a later date. You get what I'm saying? If you running, bruh, I'm right next to you. Never met you before in my life. You ain't told me why you were running. Because, I listen, here's the truth of it. I don't want to find out why you're running. I understand that based on what's been branded in my mind about running is that you must be running from something, okay? This is influence. We've consistently identified running to mean that something bad is on the other end. That's what's been branded in my uh, mind my whole entire life, whether it's movies or whatever. And so when I see that happen, I react to it. And my social surroundings, my environment influenced me without talking to me or anything. I was just influenced directly. We're talking about building a personal brand, understanding that part of your personal brand has developed because of your social influence and the things you're around. That's why it's important to get in a good environment. And let me say this real quick. If you're struggling to influence people in a certain area of your life and you don't know why, it might just be because you're being consistent, but in the wrong area or in a conflicting area. So for example, you want to start a daycare business. Great, great idea. Well, people go to your Facebook page and the only thing you talk about every day is how you can't stand kids. Oh, these bad kids, they get on my nerves. I can't wait till they come pick up their kids. Well, how do you expect to influence people to bring their kids to you when all you do is consistently talk about how you don't like kids? That's why you have to be aware of your brand and you have to be willing to make changes if necessary. Okay, the other form of influence that I wanna to touch on briefly is authoritative influence. So this is influence that's derived from authority, something like a police officer. Just putting on that uniform, flashing that badge, driving that car, it comes with some authority. And you can influence people just by being a police officer. Imagine you're driving on the freeway doing 85 miles an hour in a 75 zone and you see a police officer car just sitting on the side of the road. What you gonna do, player? Because I'm gonna slow down. I'm gonna try my best to make it seem like I'm doing 75. Have you ever hit your brakes so hard? I'm like, I know this officer see me hitting these brakes, but I'm going to do it anyway. All right, we down to 75. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't get a ticket. That's authoritative influence. That car sitting on the side of the road influenced me to slow down because that's what police officers consistently do is what? Hide on the side of the road and give you tickets. That brand created influence 
through the authority. And you know what's crazy? In order to fully understand your authority, you have to understand your identity. Imagine a police officer who's in their mind only having the authority of a security guard. So you're a police officer with a security guard mentality, which means you can go further and do more than you're currently doing, but you don't know it. What am I saying? Children of God, followers of Christ, God has called us to things. I'm not talking about things like material things. I'm talking about purpose, to do things, to preach the gospel, to minister his word. But we don't even know who we are. So we can't influence the world. And that's a bad place to be right there. That's a bad place to be, man. A bad place to be, man. A bad place to be. Okay, I'm sorry. I just randomly made a song up. It's really an uncontrollable habit. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Jay Will, what's up, man? Man, are you back again? Hey, I'm excited to be here, man. I thought they locked the doors on you. <laughs> Brother, listen, man, you put a poll out on Instagram. Remember that? Yeah, I did. Asking about topics or whatnot. And How I got did you one. get access to that? Hey, man, I, that's what I do, brother. <laughs> okay. Hey, <All> right. I, <laughs> listen, so I, you know, I was going through just kind of reading some of the questions, and this one kind of jumped out to me. It's really simple, but I think it's really something that you can speak on. This is from uh, Meg Sees This. All right. And she simply says, creating successful routines. Now, I know you personally. And I know that this is something that you can really, really speak on. And I'm going to really sit back and listen because I want to learn because this is something that I need to do as well. So, Jay Will, people want to know, creating successful routines, what do you have to say? All right, people, this is what y'all need to know. This is what I want you to know. And Lavelle, um, I hope you're listening as well, my brother, because you got some issues out there. Um, creating successful routines, I believe is essential to any type of success. Mm. And I believe even as a Christian that things like creating a successful routine displays discipline. Mm -hmm. It displays responsibility and, uh uh-oh, key word, accountability. Ah. This routine is a way to hold yourself accountable because how many times do we say something like, oh, I'll be there and you never show up Mm -hmm. or I'm going to work out and you never work out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we are lying and not even realizing that we're lying because we're just saying things and we don't really have a routine. We're winging it. You know, we're saying we're going to work out, but we haven't really thought about how that's going to happen. So. I say in order to create a successful routine, here's what I did. And I'm not going to take all the credit for this because about five years ago, um, I went through a corporate training class. First of all, that class was literally like eight hours, nine hours all day. It was a one day thing, but it was all day long. Um, But it ended up serving me well. So first things first, it's a simple exercise. A very simple exercise. And that is when you wake up in the morning, you need to write down all of your thoughts. Mm. 
So I actually do this every single day, okay. even on the weekends. And so what ends up happening is I wake up that day, I write down every single thing that I'm thinking in that particular day. And what that ends up helping me do is clear my mind. So that's the first thing to have a routine. You have to have a clear mind because most of us wake up with a cluttered mind and we have all these things going on in our heads. And it's like you at work thinking about how you got to pick up the clothes from the cleaners. And then by the time you get to the end of the workday, you're so ready to get home. You drive right past the cleaners. As you were talking, I was thinking I need to stop and get some milk. See what I'm saying? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. So, we have all of these things that are really distractions, right? Mm-hmm. So there are things that we need to do, but they end up being distractions because they're stopping us from being able to actually be productive in the thing that we're doing now. Mm-hmm. So when you wake up in the morning and you write out everything that's on your mind, I write it out line by line. On average for me, between 12 and 15 things every day. Wow. And so there's typically 12 or 15 things that I have on the list that I need to do that day. Well, that, what that allows me to do is to actually do the stuff that I want to do. Mm. And so versus going around all day with a cluttered mind, I'm walking around knowing that I'm doing the next thing on the list. So if I'm taking clothes to the cleaners, I'm looking at the list and I'm like, I'm driving to the cleaners. Mm. Get, get this, though. Here's the other thing this allows you to do. It allows you to actually celebrate success and to feel productive. So in order to have a successful routine, you want to be able to feel like I'm actually producing something. Mm-hmm. So if you start off the day and you got 12 things to do and you find yourself at, you know, halfway through your day and you've done seven things, that means you're like trending in a positive direction. You're like, man, I'm not to 12 yet, but if one o'clock is the midday for you, you're like, it's one o'clock and I've already knocked out seven things. So yeah. you get to feel good about it. Right, right. That's, that's really good. Because, like you said, a lot of times if you just go through the day with that cluttered mind, you're you're bouncing all over the place. For me, and I'll just be transparent, mm-hmm. I'll wake up a lot of times and say, okay, I need to do A, B, C, and D. And by the end of the day, I've only done A because I couldn't remember what B, C, and D were. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, if you write it out, like you said, you can see it, you can accomplish it, you can check it off the list. And actually, I, I did know, I do notice whenever I, whenever I, I, um, do things that are on my to-do list at the end of the day i feel better you feel amazing man i feel like i accomplished something and that's what it's all about so what happens is if you get through the end of today and you knocked out 10 out of 12 things because Mm -hmm. that's going to happen someday some days i'm doing 10 out of 15 things Mm -hmm. but get this number one i feel really good because i'm like yo i did 10 things today And if I add in something, if something pops up like at work or Mm -hmm. something very important that I wasn't, that wasn't on my list, I actually write it on my list when it comes up just so I could check it off because checking stuff off the list is just as important as putting stuff on the list for me. Okay. Okay. So I have to check something off the list to feel productive and to feel like I succeeded at something. And again, you get to the end of the day, like you said, and you feel like you won the championship, but here's the thing. You put the things that you didn't do today, that starts your list for tomorrow. So you're not necessarily starting from scratch. Right, right. And I was going to say, and that brings back up what you talked about, accountability. Exactly. When I look at that list and say, oh, man, I didn't accomplish these three things, then I feel like, okay, well, 
I need to transfer those on to the next list exactly. for tomorrow. And then it still gives you that that sense of a, you know accomplishment. Exactly. And then on the, the last thing I'll say about that is when you have that list and you have that accountability, you start building a habit. Even writing the list itself becomes a success. That's how it was for me. So it's just a matter of like, all right, I've had a list every day this week. Mm. And you get to the end of the week and I can flip through my notebook and say like, man, I did 80 things this week. Wow. Like there were 80 important things that I did this week. So I wake up, I end up waking up the next day, not feeling like a, feeling like a failure or Mm -hmm. feeling like a loser and knowing that I was productive. And I think that's super important to building any type of success. Well, I hope it helps somebody. I know for sure it helped me. So I appreciate that, man. Thank you, man. Oh, my job is done. And if it helped you, man, I mean, <laughs> you're like my arch nemesis. So I feel really good about myself right now. Uh, let me add this to my list. Mm-hmm. Check. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it's that time to kick you out of here, Lavelle. So, so yeah. See you later, man. I have no idea how this guy keeps getting into my studio. Who's letting him in? But I thought all doors were locked. Um, we got to try to keep him out of here with all these questions talking about the people want to know. You know what I'm saying? But as it relates to routines, I did think that, again, it was a pretty good question. So I don't know. Lavelle is trying to win me over to stay on the show. I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I'm really going to try to keep him out of the next episode by all means. I might need to get another guest, find somebody else. Please come in here so I don't have to deal with him and all his questions. But no, I appreciate you, Lavelle. Now, now get out. Yeah, see you later, brother. Now, don't come back now, you hear? Man, I don't know. Now, now that my mind is thinking about routines, I'm kind of just thinking about myself. And I'm thinking about how robotic I am. I'm very robotic now that I think about it. Like, something simple is my keys have to go in the same spot Every day when I come home, like, I don't like people touching my stuff. And by people, I mean my wife. I, my wife likes to touch stuff. I hate when people touch my things. Like, if I put something on the table, I got to whisper. If I put something on the table, I don't want you to go and, like, clean up and move what I had. And that's one of the interesting things for me, y'all. I could talk up now, like act like I just wasn't talking about somebody. But that's one of the interesting things for me when I think about how robotic I am. And then it's like, why am I robotic? Really, the way that the the reason that I'm that way is because like something as simple as my keys, I don't want to lose them. So routines can protect you sometimes because by knowing where something is, it's like you don't have to think about it now. And you have those people and and I'm you know I I don't want to point fingers at anyone but but you do have people who are always losing important things. And I'm I'm careful not to try to like brag in this area because you know anybody could lose anything. And and I've definitely had my share of losses through the years whether it be something small or big or you misplace something. But for the most part um my r- routines protect me a little bit from that because I can be a little absent-minded or whatever and trying to multitask. I do a million things at one time. Um, My phone is ringing. My other phone is ringing. All kind of stuff is going on. 
and doing emails. So a lot of times when you're multitasking, you need those routines to kind of keep you in order and keep you in place, right? Now, some people are so organized in and of themselves that maybe they don't need that. But for someone like myself, I definitely need structure around me. Now, at the same time, though, there's a flip side to structure. You don't want to be so robotic that you lose like feeling and the ability to read and react to life. So now I'm going beyond just simple tasks like where you put your keys or, you know, where do you put your, you know, your bag when you come in from work, whether that be, you know, a briefcase or something like that. And if you still have a briefcase, I don't know. I haven't seen a briefcase in years. I don't even know why I just, why did the word briefcase just come out of my mouth in a serious way? Like, why did I say briefcase? Okay. All right. I remember now it just hit me. I just finished shoe dog, which is a great book by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. And the last one of the last chapters I was listening to was him talking about this experience and being in a meeting and he mentioned something about a briefcase. So, okay, there you have it. That's why briefcase was on my mind because I'm educating myself, my brothers and my sisters. You get what I'm saying? Briefcase. Just one more time for the road. Briefcase. Okay, that's a funny word. Let's do this. Because Shoe Dog is a pretty amazing book, there was a lot that I took away from that. And, you know, Nike is a brand. We're talking about your personal brand. Okay, I think, I think it makes sense for me to just give a quick little case study about this book and about how Nike came to be as a brand. And this is just kind of, I wasn't planning to talk about this, but hopefully I can think of something relevant since I just went here. All right, so first things first, if we go back to your cousin Jimmy, who's always late, and you know, big boy Bobby, who knocking people upside their head, one of the things I wanna kind of point out about your purpose before I get into the book is that some of us have misguided purposes because we don't understand our brand. And I'll give you the example. Big boy Bobby, who's branded as knocking people upside their head, his gift, his purpose might be fighting. Like that might genuinely be what he feels. It may have been cultivated by the social influence of his environment because he might have grown up in an environment where he had to fight to survive or was very aggressive, so it brought that out of him. It might have been naturally in his DNA. I don't know. Different situations for different people. But nonetheless, maybe instead of knocking random people upside their head, big boy Bobby could have became a great boxer. He could have created a line of boxing gloves or, you know, he could have been, an, uh, you know, the next Bruce Lee, right? There are things you could do with your gift and walking in your purpose when you understand your brand, when you start defining these things. But you got to write things down and you have to be willing to go through the process. None of what I'm talking about is going to be a situation where you can listen to one podcast episode and write some stuff on a piece of paper and walk away the next day and have your brand. I know for me personally, I'm still cultivating and developing things. I'm not there yet. And I've been doing this for a few years. Like I've been on this. I'm really just sharing a lot of stuff with you guys that I've been on for the last five or six years. And it's been steps and layers. And I've been expanding as I go. Right. And so 
as you understand your brand and your purpose, you can start walking towards something and you can repurpose your brand like big boy Bobby. Maybe he becomes one of the greatest boxers of all time versus ending up in jail for knocking people upside their head on the streets. So what am I saying? Define your brand and it will point you towards your purpose. But give it time. Give it time. Give it time. Bill Knight, the founder of the worldwide brand that we know as Nike. Everyone wears Nikes. A lot of people do anyway, right? They are, you know, the shareholder in the shoe market these days, major brand. But here's the thing. It wasn't always like that. And that's what I enjoyed about reading this book as well as others like it where you take something that's so, you know, major to you and you start going back to the beginning and you have to look at the beginning of things to sometimes understand the ending of it. You get what I'm saying? Or where it is now. I don't necessarily want to call it the ending. Nike isn't over. Here's my little disclaimer. Me talking about this book is definitely not me endorsing anything. I just like to educate myself. I like history and I like business. I'm not one of those people that's trying to have a Nike shoe service right now because of all the political stuff. That's not me. That's not what this show is about. We're not dealing with none of that stuff, good, bad, or indifferent. I'll let y'all deal with that or the people who like talking about that. This show is about the successful Christian lifestyle, which includes some business, talking about your purpose. Nike is a brand, so we're talking about Nike from a brand perspective. I'm not telling you to go and whatever. Whatever your mind thinking, that's not what I'm doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Now let's move along. Now let's move along. Now let's move along. Now let's move along. Okay, so this is how we're going to do this. I'm just going to point out a couple of random details from the book. It's a very detailed story, so we're going to leave out a lot of stuff, and I'm just going to focus on the stuff that I think that kind of stands out to me. Let's put it that way. Stuff that I think is relevant and can kind of help you. First things first, it all really started Phil Knight doing a college assignment where he had to do like a business summary or business report where you create your own business. He basically did the whole report on creating this shoe company. And essentially through doing this report, through doing this assignment for school, he kind of started talking to people like, yo, like I actually think this could be pretty dope. Like he actually started thinking like this could be a good idea. Now his father wasn't feeling it. Other people were looking like you kind of tripping. How you going to go overseas to start a shoe company? Cause first you got to realize this is late sixties, early seventies timeframe. So it's a whole different world. You know what I'm saying? Like this isn't the world we live in today. This is like, you know, it, it wasn't social media or the internet or necessarily easy to start things up. So you got to look at it for what it was like. He had this idea that to his people was just seeming crazy as ever. He went to University of Oregon. He was a track um, star, not a track star, but he was on a track team. He wasn't a star. He was pretty good. And so, yeah, he, he had this crazy idea. Now, of course, you graduate in college. He had an accounting degree. You know, his family wants him to be stable and all these things. So long story short, dude has this crazy idea. He pitches it to his dad. He's like, basically, yo, I'm graduating school. I want to see the world. 
Now, what he really was trying to do was get to Asia because that's where the shoe factories were. But in order to kind of get to Asia, he wanted to sell the idea as pretty much I'm wanting to see the world, you know, and he really did want to see the world. It wasn't like a lie. It was just that was kind of his way to get to what he ultimately wanted. So let's first just stop there. Think about this. Simple assignment in college. How many times do we have simple assignments and we try to breeze over them because we don't think they're important? We're telling ourselves, man, that's not that important, whatever. Here's one of the things I really want to try to convince or influence you to change your mind and your thinking on. Don't overlook little things in your life. Little opportunities come your way. Like this is part of building integrity and character at least the way I view it personally, is changing the way that I view the small things in my life because I believe that's the way that the Lord would have me to do it. In episode 1.5, I talked about working as unto the Lord. So it's changing your mind about things because sometimes something that you think means nothing means everything. So that's really the first thing I want to point out is that this all started from just a regular school assignment. What type of school assignments or things have you done or, or maybe some things you skipped over, right? That really could have opened your mind to something else. You cheating on the assignment and you're really cheating yourself at, from a potential opportunity. So let's first start changing our mind on just how we walk through this life and, you know, what matters to us. Not all the superficial stuff. It's not all about the big opportunities. Anyone could jump at a big opportunity, but sometimes it's just doing the small things right. So that's first things. So he graduates school. He goes on this trip around the world and he went everywhere. Um, he really did go everywhere. That's not important right now, though. Let's get past that. So he finds himself. I want to say it was Tokyo off the top of my head. Tokyo. So I forget the minor detail of this, but he finds himself in this business meeting and they asked him, hey, what's the name of your company? He, he pretty much went in there and asked them, can I distribute your shoe brand? It was a brand called Tiger. So my man goes in here and literally with no experience other than one college assignment, asks, can he be the Western United States distributor from this shoe company's brand? And they like, yep, you can do it. What's the name of your company? He literally made up a name off the top of his head. It was called Blue Ribbon. So Phil Knight goes the first six to eight years or so running this organization of shoe distribution. So he did this for some years. They had a lot of ups and downs. He ended up hiring other people. Here's the other sidebar. In college, he ran track. Now he's selling track shoes. I'm making this connection between your brand and your purpose, your social influence, right? He was socially influenced by being, you know, a track athlete. So what am I saying? The little things you're doing, you might be able to turn into something. Like you may be able to take things that you're overlooking right now and make something bigger out of it. He was a track, I keep wanting to say track star. He wasn't a star, but he was good. But he was an athlete that ran track and found himself now distributing track shoes. Now look at that. What if he spent his time as a track athlete thinking, this is a waste of my time. I don't want to do this anymore because I'm not going to make it to the Olympics or something. Listen, everything isn't about making it to the top or pinnacle of that craft. 
Sometimes it's about gaining the experience wherever you at in life, like whatever you're doing. If you work at McDonald's, I'm serious. I'm dead serious about this. You are literally learning the food industry. If you have purpose behind what you're doing. But the problem is a lot of times we waste our time when we're supposed to be learning. We spend our time at McDonald's or a fast food restaurant like, I mean, you know, it is what it is because I'm just working here, you know, until the what's in it. Because you know what? We're so consumed with pleasing people. Focus on your purpose. Focus on getting everything out of every experience that God called you to do. And then maybe you can create something bigger than you. All right, back to field night. During that time, people had just started going outside jogging. Like we look at stuff now, we, everybody on the internet every day working out and running five miles. They weren't doing that back in the 60s and 70s. This stuff was brand new. So fast forward. First of all, he didn't make a lot of money. In the first few years, he wasn't making any money. I forgot at what, what point he started taking just a small salary, but pretty much Nike didn't have, or there wasn't Nike yet. Blue Ribbon didn't have really any money. Like he went years at one point for a couple of years, they had an office that had a hole in the wall and you know, they're in Oregon. So when it's raining, it's cold, all that, like they, they just had to wear sweaters and stuff in the office. What's the second point I want to take out of this? Go through the process. We want to rush everything so much. Like we just want it to happen tomorrow, but don't let this superficial world rob you of your process. You might not be where as polished yet. Everything isn't as perfect. You got to work out the kinks. You got to be willing to sit in the office with a hole in the wall, literally a hole in the wall. And if you're too good for the process, then I'm sorry, but you might as well turn this show off and stop listening because there's nothing else that I'm going to say that's going to make sense to you if you're too good to go through something and to experience something and to build your character and your integrity and stop, you know, worrying about everybody watching us all the time. Listen, let them watch whoever watching it, whoever listening for the wrong reasons. God bless you. I love you. I'm just going through my process. Everything isn't going to be perfect. Every show isn't going to be perfect. I'm not always going to say the right things, but I just have to sit in the office with the hole in the wall. Now, when you fast forward to how Nike came about, they pretty much had got done wrong by this distributor. So imagine going six to eight years in business, distributing these shoes, and it ended up being a big falling out. And now you're pretty much left with the choice to, to either, you know, dissolve your business or, or come up with something. What they came up with before they went to this big shoe show and or trade show in Chicago, I believe, they basically took all of the knowledge they had gained through the last six to eight years of you got all these contacts. They had ended up going to get new contacts because they had, they were anticipating some fallouts because there were some things that led up to it. We're not going to get into all that. It's not relevant to this conversation. Long story short, they had one of the college student artists, like just an intern or someone just, Hey, make a logo for us. That, that young lady drew the swoosh. It didn't even have a name at the time. They were thinking about a name and he did, he traveled when he was traveling in the world, he traveled to this, some temple of Nike is some weird spiritual stuff there. We're not going to get into, and I'm not endorsing that, but, um, they ended up using that name. 
They needed a name. They didn't have a name down to the wire. So it was just like a random type of thing. And there's more to that story, but it's not relevant to this conversation. They go to this trade show and the first batch of Nikes they weren't even happy with because the, the quality wasn't as good as the quality from the other brand they were selling. But guess what? People loved it at the show. They were so thrown off, they started asking people, why are you ordering this shoe? Because at a, at a trade show, if you don't know, you're not selling to an end consumer. It's business to business. So you're selling to shoe stores or distributors and things like that. So it got to the point where they started asking people, why are you buying these horrible shoes from us? We don't even like them. And do you know what people told them? They said, because we've been doing business with you guys at Blue Ribbon for about six years now. And you guys have never led us wrong. When you tell us a shoe is good, then it's good. So we trust you. That means that Blue Ribbon had a reputation. Blue Ribbon had a brand that they built, even though their office had a hole in the wall and it was snow on the inside of this thing and they had to wear sweaters on the inside, even though it didn't look like much, they built a brand that people trusted. They weren't famous yet. This is not the story of Nike, the part where, you know, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and LeBron James comes into play. This is the Nike that you didn't even know existed. What am I telling you? I'm telling you that it, you don't start developing your brand when you create something great. You start developing your brand right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. You develop your purpose. You develop your brand. You walk by faith and not by sight. That's what faith is. You don't have to wait until you see it to become it. Let me say it like this. You're not going to become great because you created something great. You're going to create something great because you became great. Simply put, the creation doesn't come before the creator. And no, I'm not saying, don't listen, I'm not saying Nike is about faith. Oh, it's about faith. It's the faith shoes. That they're the faith walkers. No, that's not what I'm saying. Please don't take it out of context. I'm not trying to turn Nike into the gospel. The thing with me is that I love business. Like, that's just I it, it's just in me, right? I love business. I love branding. So I see God at work in my purpose. If that makes sense. You get what I'm saying? Like big boy Bobby might see, he might be operating in the Holy Spirit when he knocking people head off in the boxing ring. You feel what I'm saying? I don't know. I, that's not a good example. Say no to violence. But you get the point. I mean, y'all heard the story of David and Goliath. David knocked that man whole head off his body. And we be like, David was a mind of God. That man head is on the floor, bruh. His whole head. We just be reading right over that. He took his five smooth stones and knocked that man head off. And now is a perfect time to talk about today's sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by none other than jwillmusic.com. That's right. You heard me right. I have a brand new website. You can go and listen to my music on this website. You can go and watch my music videos directly on the website. Shout out to Franchise Media Group, who's been shooting all my videos in the last year and a half or so. We also have access to this very podcast 
on jwillmusic.com. So let's say you want to share a podcast with someone or you want to share music with someone or maybe I'll write a blog. Who knows what else I will do? But you can give someone jwillmusic.com and make it very easy to access everything that I touch. Very easy to inspire God's people. Imagine that, inspiring God's people at your fingertips by visiting jwillmusic.com. If your dreams ain't from God, then let them go. He got a purpose and a plan if you let them go. You won't always understand it, but let them go. Oh, oh, oh. Yo, I be forgetting where I'm at, man. You know what? If your dreams ain't from God, then let them go. That's got to be a podcast. We got to do a whole podcast on that. Dreams, yeah, and letting them go and holding on to them. And yeah, we'll talk about that later. But all right, all right, I'm back. I'm back. It's that time, people, one of my favorite segments of the show where I get to talk to y'all about some of the interesting things that I see out here that got me like, what, what? In, what? in the world? What in the world? What in the world? What in the world? So what in the world is up with people who go to the public restroom and walk out without washing their hands? What type of person are you? About a week ago, I think, I was traveling on business and, you know, driving back and had to hit a little rest stop or whatever. So I walk in there, you know, you in the restroom, people are handling business. We're not going to get all graphic with that situation. But let's just say there are certain times you can look at the stall and when you see the pants at the ankles and the shoes pointed away from the toilet, you know that this person is handling business like for real, right? Now, I'm of the belief, right, the way I was raised was that you wash your hands regardless of what level of business you're handling in the restroom. You feel me? But at the same time, if you are handling that real business, that business, not business, you in there handling your business. You feel what I'm saying? If you in there doing your thing like that, bruh, the last thing I want to do is see you walk up out of that door like ain't nothing just happened and leave out of that restroom. So I'm in there washing my hands or whatever, and um, this gentleman walks out. And, you know, I'm, I'm the type that's looking at you like, I know you ain't about to, oh, I know he ain't about to walk out of here. And this guy had a pep in his step. He had the nerve to look energetic and happy about his day. And like, it was just like, you just looked at him like, man, today is a good day, ain't it? You just feeling good about your nasty self. The guy walks out of the bathroom. He darts out. And I'm looking like, yo, wait a minute. This guy's dressed in scrubs like he looks like a doctor. So this is now I'm just imagining stuff in my head. I'm picturing this nasty doctor that's doing like heart surgery and with no gloves on and he touching all type of little utensils and stuff that's on the on the counter on the little desk that they got to grab stuff off of. And he just messing like he just dirtying up somebody inside. So my issue is you about to go back to work. I hope he wasn't a dentist. Let, oh, let's just, we can only hope that he was not a dentist. 
Could you imagine dude going all in your grill? Like, say, ah, what in the world is up with these type of people? I don't understand y'all. Like, to me, that says a lot about your personality. Like, I can jump to all type of conclusions about a person who uses the restroom, walks out, and don't wash their hands. I'm going to tell you a couple of things about him right now. Right now, I could promise you that he ain't spending time with his kids. Oh, his kids don't know him. Like, he, he ain't, he the type, the kids, like, he walking in the house, they looking like, oh, it's him. Like, they not even running to the door like, Daddy, I love you. Nah, nah, if you ain't washing your hands, your kids ain't, they, your kids ain't even tripping. They like, nah, don't, don't get the cookie from homeboy because he ain't washing his hands out here. Kids smart. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could tell you right now, um, he two months behind on his car note. And I don't care if you're a doctor making money or not. I'm telling you right now, if you walk out of the bathroom and don't wash your hands, you at least two months behind on your car note. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's like, okay, I'm going to tell you what else. His grass ain't been cut in three weeks. Right now, I'm telling you. Because listen, if you're not going to wash your hands, I know you're not going to keep your house clean. Oh, this is, oh, for sure. It, for sure, people who do not, wash their hands when they leave out the bathroom. For sure, they walk around the house with their Timberland boots on with mud on them on the carpet. You ever had these type of people come to your house where they walk in and it's like, yo, should I take my shoes off? It's like, bruh, you just walked six miles through the mud in Timberland boots and my house is clean and you want to ask me, should you take your uh, shoes off? No, what you should do before you take them shoes off and touch the nasty shoe is you should go to somebody's restroom and wash your nasty hands. Cause I know you just walked out of the bathroom at the rest stop out of town. What in the world is wrong with these people? Obviously they have some problems, but at the same time, we all have problems. And the good thing is we all need prayer. Yes. Even nasty man, walking out of the bathroom without washing his hands needs some prayer. So all jokes aside, we're going to have Lavelle come back and just pray for us, man. Um, as we go throughout our days on our jobs, at home, work, school, praying for everyone's kids, um, and just that we give our minds over to Christ because there are so many things pulling at our minds in this society and we need to remain focused. So Lavelle, man, if you can come back and pray us out, I would definitely appreciate it, my brother. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, knowing that your word tells us to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And Lord, we pray right now that you, by your spirit, would renew our minds, oh God. That you, Lord, would give us a different way of thinking from ourselves, from the world, from the devil. God, but that we would think the way you would have us to think. That we would set our minds on things above and not on things beneath, God. And Lord, when you renew our minds, God, we pray that you give us the will to accept what you're doing, God. That we won't be stuck in the past. That we won't be hindered by the barriers that held us down 
before we accepted you. But God, that you would allow us to be free in every aspect of the word, free to do your will, free to think the way you would have us to think, free to go forth and do what you have called us to do. And we thank you for a new mind and a new will to accept what you're telling us to do in that renewed mind state. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lavelle, for praying us out. Today's J. Will Music Song of the Day is Take a Stand by my younger brother, Darius James, from his 2014 EP entitled Take a Stand featuring J. Will Music. We waiting on that new album, Darius. Just a bell got Israel going down the bell. And I suppose those Ashrapoles in the castle go gonna have to go. If you wanna please the God of Abraham and Isaac. Jacob, did you hear what I said? Did you hear what they said? Swear you so cold, do you even know what I said? You know what I said? Like the hairline, shine bright in the dark, a human headlight. I stand, do you understand? Are you over there sitting down trying to come up with another plan? Do you speak peace while you need deep in the quicksand? While a few G's full of refugees that's whack MCs with a mic in their hand trying to push more white than the crux clan. Aight man, I ain't good yet. Uh, stand up with your hands up. I'ma stand strong. Christ paid my ransom. I burst up, man. He's my ancestor. Watch me cross up. I'ma take a stand. music at gmail.com follow me on instagram at mr underscore bellwether and please subscribe to j will music on youtube give us ratings likes comments share the podcast